This is The Lydia Project, conversations with Christian women. Our name is inspired by the life-changing conversation that Lydia had with Paul, recorded in Acts 16. On this podcast, you'll hear from a variety of women whose lives have also been impacted by the truth of the gospel. Your hosts, Tori Walker and Taryn Hayes, hope that you too will be challenged and inspired by how the gospel truths are being worked out in the lives of their guests, ordinary women who serve an extraordinary God. Today, your host is Taryn Hayes. Welcome again to the Lydia Project. My name is Taryn Hayes, and our guest today is a young woman whose name is Dutchie. Now, Dutchie is our very first guest to have her story feature across two episodes. This episode is part two. If you've not heard part one of my chat with Dutchie, may I suggest that you pause the skip back by one episode. While each episode stands well on its own and you're more than welcome to listen to just one or the other, I do recommend listening to both episodes to gain a full picture of how God has grown and shaped Dutchie throughout her life. In this episode, part two of our chat, Dutchie shares how God took her up on her prayer for patience in a very unexpected way. She also shares thoughts about integrating into new church communities and what hospitality and caring for others can look like. But enough from me. Here is part two with Dutchie. Friends, since recording this introduction, we've had to pull the first episode due to some unexpected legal constraints. We do hope to have the episode up again with the appropriate edits as soon as possible. In the meantime, we felt it worthwhile to continue with the second episode as it stands well enough on its own. Please do keep an eye out on our website and Facebook page for any possible updates. In the meantime, let's hear this episode, part two with Dutchie. So you had only been a part of our church community for a couple of years when something rather significant happened to you. Do you want to share about that? Yep. So I had been here for just under two years and I was working as normal I'd been you know working during the week I'd had a lazy evening at home gone to bed no I lie I'd fallen asleep on the couch (laughs) Uh, thankfully in my pajamas because sometimes I just fell asleep in my underwear on the couch I lived alone so (laughs) so this was a good thing and you'll see in a moment why but I, yeah, I'd just been hanging out at home. It was a school night, a week night uh, from work, and I fell asleep on the couch, didn't think anything, woke up in the middle of the night again, didn't think anything, went to get up from the couch, could not move, couldn't get myself up, thought, oh, I've just fallen asleep funny, I'm on the couch, sort of, you know, crick neck and, you know, laying on my leg. Um, whatever waited there for a while just thinking oh I've got to get up and go to the loo and then I'll jump into bed still couldn't move started to sort of think okay this is a bit unusual thankfully I didn't panic I don't think but I realized that something was not right and eventually uh, when I realized that I had been laying there for quite some time and still couldn't move one whole side, my right-hand side of my body. And I went to, like, thinking in my brain I could go and grab my phone. Thankfully, it was near my head, plugged in near the couch. I couldn't grab it with my right hand. I couldn't move my right side. So I 
picked up the phone. I was going to just like call a friend initially and then I, I called triple uh, zero. They answered. I don't really remember the conversation. All I remember is thinking like this is gibberish. Like what is what's going on? <laughs> like who is what's I could hear a female voice but it just it sounded like I was watching some wacko TV show that like was 17 languages mashed into one like I didn't I didn't know what was going on somehow I assume they they got my details somehow they like I don't know there's more tech than I understand but <laughs> they, they found where I was uh and were able to get into my apartment how um, did they get into your apartment so, <laughs> so I've always wondered okay so what was told to me later, because I don't have a great recollection of, of what actually happened other than what people have told me, but they, the manager of the apartment complex often got there at stupid o'clock in the morning. This particular day, he'd got there really early, like 3.30 or 4 in the morning to do something with the bins and do other stuff before he started his regular maintenance in the place. And... He had let them through the front security door and he obviously had a master key as well to all the apartments. So he was able to let the Ambos in oh, to come and get me. I so, of them having knocked your door down. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I I didn't really even take stock of that until later. And someone, yeah, someone had found it out. I think the Ambos must have told someone and they'd passed it on to me. Chinese whispers, who knows? It could have been some random that had broken in. I don't, I don't know, but that's what was told to me. And so hence, I was very glad that I did happen to be wearing pyjamas. <laughs> Not just that lying day. in your underwear. <laughs> yeah, so I was then subsequently taken to hospital, had a lot of t- tests run. They didn't really know what had happened, but they knew that I had stroke-like symptoms with an unknown source. They tested for various different things. It didn't change the fact that I couldn't speak. I couldn't understand what was happening and I had no movement or sensation or very, very little sensation on my right-hand side of my body. I had a facial droop. Um, My uvula was off-centre. Fun fact, um, <laughs> that happens too. Um, and so I was admitted to hospital after, I don't know, I feel like I was in ED for a couple of days, I think, in like a transit type spot while they were either waiting for beds or to decide what was going on with me, where I was going. I went to the ward and then after a couple of days there or a week there or something, I was then transferred to a rehab unit to yeah, start rehab and learning to do everything <laughs> again, essentially. And by everything, you mean everything? Yeah. Reading, writing, walking, talking, moving my hand, cutting food, lifting a cup tying shoelaces, washing myself, doing my hair, and just anything you can think of. I had some kind of therapy, some kind of, you know, brain exercises, you know, physical exercises that I was doing Mm. uh, for the next, well, solidly for the next 
um, nearly two months while I was in hospital, but then for a good year and a bit after I was out even, I was mm. still doing rehabilitation for quite some time too. So where are you now for our listeners who can't see you? Well, I can, uh, I was going to like, <laughs> look at this. Uh, <laughs> um, no, that's not helpful. Um, I am, I would say I'm like a 99%. There is not a single thing that anyone ever anywhere would notice. There are very, very minor things that when I'm extremely tired, someone would not notice, but I would notice that I'm having to think about an action. So, for example, not so much anymore, but one of the things probably only 12 or 18 months ago that was still an issue was going upstairs while I was tired I regularly trip because I wouldn't lift my foot and I'd have to like stop and go okay don't move your arms <laughs> literally walk <laughs> up arms straight by your side because I can't focus on swinging them right now I've just got to lift my right leg with my foot up and I'm still showing you the actions even though you can't see it. But anyway, uh, but yeah, so I'd have to actively do that. More so now, it's um, very fine motor things um, when I'm tired, mm-hmm. which may be like a difficult thing for people normally, but it's hard to know sometimes yeah. if it's a post thing or whether it's... Uh, just everyone struggles with, yeah, you know, aging, darling. You're over the age of thirty now. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Doing those, what are they called? Like the little strings between oh, your fingers, yeah. things. At you know, twelve at night. Maybe that's the wrong choices. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. But basically, full recovery, and it's been remarkable because I mean, I got to be with you through that process, and it's mm. unbelievable what the brain is able to do in terms of recovery. Yeah, I mean, the nurse side of me is fascinated. And I was keeping a diary thanks to a friend who said, you should definitely keep a diary of this, which largely involved um, drawing pictures and writing words that were, I still don't know what I wrote. (laughs) A lot of it. it, It's very interesting. I've gone back and looked at it once or twice since then. And I'm like, I don't know what was going on there, but that's not English or any other language going on. But I think, yeah, from a, from a health brain point of view, I was fascinated from a, you know, personal point of view, I was very upset and frustrated, Mm -hmm. but but medically, I was I was fascinated by it and seeing the recovery and seeing how much effort it was and, you know, being able to appreciate for a small part what some people must go through uh, with certain, like, brain injuries or spinal injuries or strokes or whatever. So you've had a lot of experience on being on the on the bedside yes um and the bedside actually <laughs> either yes. next to the bed yes or in the bed yes um so what do you feel like you've learned from all of that mm. i think there's so many things that i've learned and it's hard to probably cut a short list but one of the things Uh, that has changed is my level of patience 
I used to be a lot shorter with people, a lot shorter with myself and not as patient with myself. Um, that's not an option when it takes you 45 minutes to tie up a shoelace. You've just <laughs> got to deal with that. Or you've got to dump your pride and ask someone to do it, which is not happening. Um, I'm very <laughs> stubborn, so that has not changed. I think I have learnt more um, how to receive well. I've never accepted help well I've never been willing to ask for help quickly I don't think that I realized it sounds you know silly saying it out loud but I don't think I realized how much people would be helpful in something like that because you know it was a medical issue they can't do anything you know with my mental health I sort of felt okay well I need support now and mentally I need you around me to to keep me going and to give me focus and and bring me back for you know medical issues when I'm stuck in hospital and even for the time afterwards I went well you can't change my circumstance you're not going to be able to do anything for me and also why would you want to spend time with me you know like a bit downer um but I think I gradually saw that people were willing to do that as in they were the whole time but I only recognized that later that you know, why would you want to hang out with me when it's taking me 17 minutes to say, that's great, <laughs> uh, you know, um, or or why would you want to come and pick me up to, to take me anywhere, whether that was to church or to the shops or just to get me out of the hospital for an hour or two when we can't do anything and you've got to load my wheelchair in the car and you've got to stuff around with wasting time on me. <laughs> So I think definitely seeing and learning how to ask for help and be willing to accept it more is a lesson that I've learned. But also, it's not something that I learned then, but something that I just see God doing over and over and over and over is just how gracious he is in timing in again the people in our lives and how you know I had already a good group of friends here it wasn't in you know my first four months here when I wasn't here much of my first four months I was away and and you know couldn't have met that many people by that stage to have close relationships with Two years later, I did have some quite close relationships with people, mostly through church. And so I think, you know, I just see God's grace in his timing rather than looking at how could he allow this or why would he do this? Why does this happen to me? And I honestly didn't really feel that 
more than probably I had one sort of quite a flat day where I was just really tired and upset in hospital and I pushed everyone away and uh, they respected it but that was really the only day that I just was like man why <laughs> why always me you know I've I've been injured so many times I've done multiple breaks multiple ligaments multiple other things like I've experienced enough as a nurse to be able to say I get your pain <laughs> like let's move through it I've had my mental health stuff I can appreciate that side a little bit I don't have to experience every single medical drama to be a good nurse <laughs> but also I you know I sort of felt at times like particularly that day I was just going man god like how can you keep just allowing stuff to happen when I've got no reserve left? Like I, I feel like I can tackle something small, but like this is a Everest, you know? And so generally when I look back, I go, yeah, but it wasn't because I had people, I had God on my side, I had wonderful staff looking after me in the hospital and really hit it off with them like some of whom I'm now mates with you know just again timing and people and all of those things I I don't believe for a second that those things are by chance or random or just luck you know I very much think and believe that God puts people in our lives and allows circumstances to grow us I do genuinely feel like I'm a more compassionate patient hopefully you know better you know clinical understanding of a nurse because of the things that have happened to me and because of what I've gone through I I think that as a friend I have you know a lot more patience with other people and have a lot more time to listen to other people's stuff than I used to partly because I'm in a much better headspace but partly because I go that's so important that you know it's not all about you it is about other people as well and not that I didn't think that before but again just actively kind of being conscious of that sometimes going hang on they're going through a tough spot they don't need to know about trivial things right now I just need to be the the friend that listens right Mm -hmm. now and that's okay like that's what two-way friendships are so you know like I think as well it's just taught me to again not that I wasn't trusting God in it but just to entrust God with stuff I think even for a big portion of my time in hospital both times um, certainly I knew they were praying for my recovery they were praying that I would be you know sticking with him and and all sorts of other things for practicality that stuff would work out to be able to get me home and do things and keep a job at the end of it and whatever But I don't know in a lot of those times that I was entrusting that to God myself. And I think that's been a real challenge for me. Maybe learning is is 
not the right thing, but but it's been a challenge to me looking back at all these times. I've certainly sort of had moments in and out on my own trusting in God that he's got it under control. But in trusting that he kind of had the future from that under control or even to pray for whatever like I I don't think I prayed for healing for myself once because I I didn't want to blame God if I didn't get better Mm. you know that's still something that I grapple with and I still kind of you know tease around in my head but I think the one of the things that I've tried to do more is that I have been more actively for other people but for myself as well in my own prayer life and things and just about stuff that I sit down and try and nut out about my future is going where does God fit in that and you know praying to God okay I know you've got this like whatever happens I know you've got it and just take me where you want to take me in that and that might look very different to what you think it will I mean the ironic thing is just before my stroke and I have a friend that can attest to this is I had been praying for probably the the previous I think it had been at least three to six months I had been praying to learn patience (laughs) and you know he has a sense of humour, I'm sure. But, you know, I certainly am much more patient now. And so you don't you don't know how he's going to, you know, put things in your life that will, you know, change the course of what you thought was going to be. That's not necessarily a bad thing. Like, I genuinely, like, not a motivational speaker, you know, whatever, but I genuinely think any moment, that you go through whether that's positive or negative you can learn from you can see God's hand in you can you know have so much benefit from really really good things or really really bad things no matter if it's what you expect or what you were hoping for or whatever and I think that's just awesome that I've just seen that time and time and time again and still I slip and think, oh, God, what are you doing? <laughs> and then go, uh, it's gonna be, there's going to be something in this, you know. And that's not something that comes, again, quite naturally, but people in my life have constantly reminded me that and constantly pointed me back to Christ. And I think that's, you know becoming more natural now for me to do and to feel comfortable to go oh hang on maybe I should pray about this or wow maybe God is using this for my better Mm -hmm. and I just I can't I can't understand why and it might be through a really tough crappy thing but he's probably using this for something Mm -hmm. and I just literally I would say every week I see something of that whether that's you know something has fallen through 
with work and then something else comes along that's a much better opportunity my builder didn't come and then actually I could do something else in that time and be with a friend who just had a baby like all of those things like they may not be all life-changing moments each and every single one of them but God has his hand in every single one of them you just may not appreciate or see it at the time and I think that's something really lovely that it's now more natural for me to think hmm maybe God knew what was happening there and maybe he he did that for a reason and maybe he did just want me to rest and you know or just to spend time with him Hmm. you know when I was going to busy and busy and busy myself instead I could sit and just get into his word or just sit and pray or just sit and listen to worship music or whatever it was because something else fell through that I was really keen to do or mm. whatever. So, yeah, it's quite it's quite something to hear you speak like this because it's not like you've come to these conclusions because life has been easy. You've come to these conclusions <laughs> through great difficulty. Mm. Um, do you ever find yourself in the dumps again and feeling like oh lord what are you doing and given your experience and given your your propensity now to to know that god is got things in control what do you, yeah how do what do you tell yourself so i don't i don't think that i have had you know as flat a time as i did you know, a number of years ago since that time. I've definitely had moments, not, you know, months Mm. kind of thing. I'm talking a part of a day. I'm just either super stressed out or really anxious or I'm really angry or flat or whatever. I think not necessarily in those moments, but the fact that they're moments that's for me where I go thank you God that that is all it was because we are human we experience emotion we experience you know great joy and great frustration and great heartache and all of those things and I think that that's also a good thing you know the fact that we are on this earth and we are living in this world means that not everything's going to be rosy for anyone and I think that that's a really sad portrayal of the world to think that that could be the case because I think that that's just setting you up for failure the fact that you can walk out of your bedroom in the morning and stub your toe you know like that's just a reality of living is that pain happens that joy happens that death happens like that all of those things are a certainty it's not just all the good things are a certainty Mm. um and that's no different as a christian and i don't believe that as a christian i'm immune from any of those difficult hard times and in fact i'm glad that I can go through them because it means that I can see God's grace and patience and love for me in those times 
and see a purpose in that rather than you know can I can't imagine if I weren't a Christian and I had gone through all of these things a I I most certainly would not be sitting here today that's a guarantee Mm. but also if you know if for some reason somehow I did get through it without my uh, faith and without my brothers and sisters in Christ what for (laughs) why bother keeping on going when you just keep getting slammed and knocked down and you know and not in small ways it's sometimes yes but you know I've had some reasonably major stuff happen in my life and I almost certainly would not be willing to open myself up to more of that if I didn't have my faith and I didn't know that God had it under control Mm. and I you know I, I just think that's the most awesome thing because it breaks my heart to think that people are going through things like that and don't have any thought that there's more or that there's anyone that loves them or that there's anyone that can practically support them or that there's anything that they should live for and you know to be honest I I don't know I'm not saying there's nothing to live for if you're not a Christian, but what is it? Mm. You know, and if those things are gone, what is it? Mm. I think that's the thing for me that I'm just so grateful for, that I can see that and I can have great assurance and comfort in that no matter what happens tomorrow or the next day that doesn't change who God is it might change my life and what happens to me and how my life continues from here but it doesn't change how God is and I just think that's an awesome thing to again not that I came to it overnight it's taken time and it's not something that every single day I snap to but knowing that deep down I think is you know so comforting and so humbling that you know God would keep each and every one of us in his arms and you know send his son to the cross for us and we know what our future holds and whatever next week holds doesn't matter yeah. because of that and I just think that's awesome that is awesome mm. that is awesome I, I like how you put it that it doesn't really matter what next week holds because your ultimate future is secure yeah you know what it's, what it's going to be yeah that's very that's very cool um so you've been putting a lot of your uh, life experience <laughs> to work in the way you serve other people and a lot of the things that you've spoken about actually speaks to some of the ways you've ministered to others but what else do you do in terms of ministry so I 
generally play music at church. I am a drummer from way back, so my hearing is not the greatest anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I've played music at church for many, many years, and I love to do that anywhere I go. I... I'm very like musically and emotively driven as a person. So I find it a great joy and a privilege to be able to serve in that way. And it's something I can physically do. So I really enjoy being able to do that. And how wonderful that post-stroke you could. Yeah. Um, I remember the first time you went back up onto stage to drum away. And you were probably, what, 75%? I reckon you were... I do not remember it. <laughs> My memory of that time is very, very foggy. You you got up there and you were not at 100%, but you gave it your all and you did great. And you exhausted just looked afterwards. like the Leaning Tower of Pisa, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it was lovely. It was such a joy for us to see you back there. So, yeah, and I interrupted you. Keep going. What else are you involved in? So this year... I have been studying again, and so I've had a bit more time on my hands. So I've been trying to do not necessarily regular catch-ups with lots of people, but I've been much more intentionally catching up with or checking in on a lot of the young women from one of the church services. So that's been, again, such an encouraging thing for me. I saw the need for that and so wanted to do that whilst I had the time. But I've just been so blown away by (laughs) just (laughs) looking at some of the women where they're at now compared to where I was at their age. And I think that's super cool to see and, and how, you know, passionate they are about different stuff and the questions that they're grappling with. Again, stuff that... I'm still grappling with or uh, whatever it might be. So I think that's that's been a real privilege and a joy to be able to do that um, a bit more this year. And I've led a women's Bible study that's just been a sort of, it's quite an informal Bible study that runs just once every two months over brekkie because food. So we do breakfast and get into the Bible and um just chat about where we're at so my intention for it this year was to really encourage the women at that particular service that's a bit of a smaller group of people and all in a similar demographic is to get them to have tough conversations with each other and be comfortable being vulnerable so that was my big ulterior motive (laughs) um so that's that's been again a really encouraging and challenging thing uh, for me I haven't led a bible study in a while so although it was only once every two months guarantee I was prepping the night before um (laughs) because I'd go oh it's weeks away it's tomorrow um (laughs) But that's been really lovely as well to get to know some of the ladies more and then I've, you know, post that kind of caught up with a few of them or messaged and checked in and, yeah, I think that's been a really nice thing. And I've done uh, similar things over the years. I've done a lot of 
Bible studies and different stuff like that. And I've done youth camps, which I love and I'm terrified by teens, but I, again, I do it because I love it and I love knowing that they're learning about Jesus and again, having to start thinking about what they believe and where they sit with God and whether it's their faith or whether it's a family you know tradition if you like or whatever it might be so yeah I think that's been a real special thing which I haven't done for a few years now just life and work and circumstances but yeah I I haven't been as involved at this church as I has have at other churches just again for for various life <laughs> reasons that's right a couple of years of COVID and that's right COVID and some curveballs yeah. um maybe that should be in next podcast um <laughs> <laughs> but I yeah and I think then just other things that I would consider unofficial ministries is just things like having people over and doing lots of Lots of cooking, lots of meals, lots of lunches and dinners and stuff like that at my place as often as I can to get to know people better and to build community within the church but also trying to do things with other mates as well and bring them along in a sort of non-threatening environment, you know. So other mates being non-Christian friends? Yeah, 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 workmates or just other friends from elsewhere that are not Christians, bringing them along to stuff at my house when there's, you know, sneaky couple of Christians in the (laughs) mix. (laughs) You know, doing that sort of thing again just to, yeah, have conversation and get to know people better but also that's a big part of my life and so if you're my friend you should know that and I'm not going to hide that from you so yeah try to do that fairly regularly and open up my home a lot to people and again just cook them food just Mm. cook them food and they'll come (laughs) and that's exactly what happens (laughs) for those of us who don't love cooking what would you advise keep it simple you don't have to cook you can order takeaway <laughs> you know you can do whatever I personally don't like the cafe catch-ups in big groups because again you can't have as much connection and that mm-hmm. if that's what it's about then you know it's just not easy to do that yeah. you're yelling at yeah. from one end of the table to the other you know whatever the people next to you right mill around you know yeah. things like that that make it a lot easier which again as a doer and not a wanting people to do stuff for me I always used to like make everything do everything clean up everything afterwards you know if someone offers to bring something say sure you know, bring that along. Mm -hmm. Because also that can be a gift of service in itself because some people really want to contribute Mm -hmm. and feel bad if they can't. So if people offer, sure, let them bring something. Organise it ahead of time if you want. Like I do lots of spontaneous and lots of plans, so it doesn't matter. But I think, you know, if people offer to bring something along, then let them bring something along. It doesn't have to be a big thing. If you know that it's, this is a generic, but if it's a single person that, you know, it, it may not be on a good wage or something, just ask them to bring a bottle of soft drink mm. or a loaf of bread or something, you know, because for them 
they really want to do that. And I know when I was not earning very good money and I was in a lot of debt and (laughs) whatever, I really wanted to take something because I appreciated people opening their home to me. But I was like, please don't ask me to do too much. But I would still offer. So I think that's a, a good thing to do. Again, you know, get people to help you prep it if you organize it and say hey like you know one of one or two of you happy to get here a bit early and help me make stuff Mm -hmm. again that's more time that you get to spend with those people so that can be really nice to do as well I think the other thing just as far as like hospitality and what is loving for you but what's loving to other people some people really feel bad about leaving and not helping clean up so again, if they're sort of asking more than twice to help, like, please, like, just let them do the dishes. Mm-hmm. Like, stand at the sink all together and chat, and a couple of people can be on the couch and chatting. Like, is that going to hurt? You know, is it done in the right way? Well, someone disagree. <laughs> you know, but does it matter? No, no. it really doesn't. Really? But if it's loving them well, and if it's able to, you know, build more relationship, that's that's what it should be about and making people feel comfortable you know if Mm. if people are really uncomfortable not helping then don't force them not to you know you can hopefully people will be able to sense that you know that there are people that will offer and kind of be okay and not that this is a bad thing but some people will go do you want a hand if not we're gonna head and if you say no and they're like okay thanks for having us that's fine Mm. but there Mm. will be people that you'll almost see like recoil if they can't help you clean up in some way (laughs) and so just let them yeah yeah so I'm I'm hearing in a lot of what you're saying a real sense of we need to just relax as human beings we need to just enjoy each other serve each other and not worry so much about what people are going to think of us or you know worry that we're going to offend or it's just and just remember that It's people that matter. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're worried about your good china being broken, don't get that out. Use paper plates. No one cares. If you're worried that you're going to offend someone with the music choice, ask people what they want to listen to. You know, like there's so many things that I think we can often have this, you know, whether it's people being house proud and not inviting people in. I can speak to you know the last 12 months I've not had a ceiling I've not had walls in some rooms because my house is under renovation mostly being done by me hence it's so long we've had so many dinner parties and so many people over we've had the house open with literally no doors at a point when we had a party one night late last year people don't care because it's about the people it's Mm. not about the food it's not about you know what it looks like whether it's clean or dirty or whatever Mm. if they're made to feel comfortable and if you are kind and if you're loving and if you're genuine that's all that matters it doesn't matter about anything else yeah so for our listeners sake if you um if you haven't got the message from everything that Dutchie has said, there's a great book um, by a woman called Rosaria Butterfield. I don't know if you know about it. It's called The Gospel Comes with a House Key. And everything that Dutchie is speaking about is is in the pages of that book as well. 
Very encouraging. What is big on your radar at the moment? I think for me it's looking at what I do into the future with work and with how I use my time and my skills and resources and that sort of stuff. So I have always had a heart to help people and as a nurse I do do that but I think the more I sit and think a lot of it is mm, I don't know how to put it but I guess that's work and yes it does help people but that happens to just be my job and so I guess I'm noodling in the brain tank with <laughs> with what I'd like things to look like and how I could be using those skills and using my other passions whether it's for music for creativity for you know whatever it is in how I can be creative in serving others and doing that outside of work and outside of maybe sort of formal work and I you know just looking at what what that looks like so I think that's a big thing at the moment that's on my mind and on my heart and wanting to really sit with God on that and go you know, again, things will almost certainly not look like anything that's in my brain right now of what <laughs> I think it'll look like, partly because there's just a lot of grey. But I think I am so, so thankful for where I'm at and the fact that I have so much physically that I'm capable, that I have a job that I earn enough money and more to sustain me and so how can I use my gifts and my physical ability to do stuff for others and you know I've I don't slow down much so I've <laughs> got you know 25 pages at home at the moment that's just ideas scramble <laughs> which I think is, again, not terrifying to me. That's exciting to go, the fact that I can have more than one option of how I can, you know, show God's love to people and help people and do things that I love and how awesome that I can have a job that I love and that I want to be doing and, you know, have things that I'm passionate about that I've got the energy to do and the physical ability to do. So... I think that's kind of what's on my mind and on my heart at the moment is how to do those things and not let them be a distraction from God, but really bring it back to him and use them for his good. Yeah, I think that's well worth emulating. I think all of us actually should be thinking about using our gifts for the sake of the kingdom. What do you say is keeping you standing firm and growing as a Christian? Once again, people mm. is... <laughs> I can't remember if that's what I wrote, but almost certainly that's always the thing that, that keeps me firm. I would like to say that I'm super solid and, like, now that I've gone through all of this stuff, I'm solid myself, but I'm not. 
And so I am so thankful for the people I've got around me and some who are here in Brisbane, but many who aren't, who I've known for many years, who even, you know, last week I was on the phone to one of them and just rattling off ideas and, you know, talking about stuff and life with. So, you know, people keep me focused on Christ. People encourage me when I am flat or struggling with something or or not understanding God's word or whatever it is. But also they encourage me to you know be confident in the things that I am doing for God's kingdom and you know having assurance that those things are good things to be doing and rather than thinking like I'm just busying myself with stuff uh, which I do a lot so people are almost certainly always uh, amongst my biggest cheerleaders to keep me strong in my own faith yeah that was very (laughs) long-winded you've also mentioned prayer in the audio bible I'm keen to hear more about that as well yeah so I think you know prayer is so important and I'm definitely actively trying to pray more and I see when I'm praying more how not necessarily like that everything happens that, that I want to happen, that I'm praying or whatever, but how calm I am in my soul when I'm praying regularly. And, and I think it's not only about the prayer itself, but that I'm focused on God because the more I'm praying, the more I'm reading the Bible, the more I'm thinking about his word, the more I'm, you know, in relationship with him. So... I can recognise that and I can see that in myself at times when I'm just kind of, again, busying myself with other stuff or spending the time to sit down with him and and do that. Yeah, the audio Bible. So uh, I think I mentioned before I am dyslexic, so I'm an extremely slow reader, but I'm also a very slow processor and I really struggle doing both. For those who are not dyslexic, that is a hard concept to understand. I've learnt over the years. <laughs> People can't understand that if you read something that it's not sinking in, or not everyone can. So I find that when I sit down and read the Bible, I'm spending a lot of time looking at letters on a page, I guess, rather than reading each sentence and understanding that sentence. So something that I discovered, I don't know, it would be at least 10 years ago, I would say, is um, that many of the Bible apps now have audio Bible available. So that has been one of the single most helpful things for me for reading the Bible. I regularly put it on in the car so I can listen to chunks and I'll often, you know, play the same chapter again and just let it sink in. Mm. If I were to read that same chapter, I would almost certainly be reading it for a week and pick up maybe 20%, where if I've listened to that for a week, 
I could almost not right now but you know at the time or shortly after I'd be able to memorize a lot of it but also to explain and be able to understand a lot of it through that so the audio bible I find extremely helpful you've got to get past most of the audio bibles have the cheesiest voices and so (laughs) that is a struggle to start with but I've been listening to it for like 10 years now so but I also find that when I listen to the audio Bible, for me, it, it just comes alive. When I'm reading the Bible, it's like just looking at a mash of stuff on a page where when I listen to it, I can see color and I can see shape and I can hear movement, if that makes sense. So to me listening to the audio bible is making it a movie reel in my head and I can sort of picture what's happening where when I'm reading it it's static words on the page that's not translating or hitting inside me so I really find it super helpful for one but I also really enjoy being able to experience the Bible in that way because I never had and I never got it I'd sometimes hear when the passages were read at church and I would go like oh cool like that sounds amazing I've never read that before when in fact I definitely had (laughs) but because it just it was blank you know it wasn't wasn't sinking in so I think that was really cool to discover that and to see how helpful that's been in me being able to not just, you know, hear it, but to understand it better and stuff has been really cool. Hearing you speak about how important audio is to you has, in my mind, reinforcing how important it is that when people read the Bible aloud, that they read it well, especially for people for whom it is their primary tool of actually hearing and understanding the word. So you must very much enjoy, I suppose, people who read it well, as opposed to people who are not reading it so well. Um, to get the movie reel in your head. Yeah, I think so. And I think as well, this is just my little side note, post my uh, medical issue several years ago, is that you don't have to rush through it. Mm. You know, church has time frames, sure, but you can slow it down. I, You know, I'm not, I don't have anyone in mind, but definitely there are some people who really like sit in the words when they read it. And that can be super helpful. The same as, you know, musicians will use different tones and different instruments will come in at different times to give it shape, kind of create the the feeling of it. You know, the Bible can be read with... There's so much in it, you know, and, and it can be read with emotion. That's okay. Like, mm-hmm. You know, for those of us from slightly more conservative churches, let me just say <laughs> it is fine to show emotion. But yeah, that, and that can be really helpful, particularly if there are people who are hard of hearing, if there are people who, like me, were struggling to understand when it was people who were reading it a bit slower. I was getting much more of it where if people were just, blah, 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 you know, you wouldn't pick up a lot of it and you miss a lot of it and again even though I was hearing it at the time I couldn't read uh, at all either so I couldn't follow along the words on the screen or on 
on my phone or in the Bible. Mm-hmm. So I was just missing half of it. So anyway, that's my little side note. I think it's valuable. I think because often people who might go up to read are so self-aware and nervous and haven't prepped the passage and so it can come across very quickly and I think we forget that we're actually reading the living word of God mm. and it needs to be treated as such with not just with the respect that it deserves but with the knowledge that you're communicating this to people it deserves to be communicated well so I would add to your little your hot tips for church <laughs> that it's worthwhile prepping beforehand and just mm. getting familiar when you read it aloud especially for the sake of those in your shoes who are going to benefit that much more and can't follow along with the text so Good point. Favorite passage of the Bible? So, or book, or verse. <laughs> so I've got, yeah, I've got a lot of passages that I enjoy, and I'm really bad at remembering where passages are. So that's my thing there. But I particularly love coming back to one Timothy over and over and over again. Either like through, I've done it in studies, like in youth group or in. Um, Bible studies over the years a number of times but I enjoy coming back to read it as well for the way that it is a very strong message but a very kind and gentle message as well Uh, so like a firm but fair (laughs) approach so yeah I really love a lot of Paul's books and the way that he I guess challenges and rebukes but the way that he encourages as well yeah I particularly like 1 Timothy but I do love a lot of Paul's books just for that specific reason that he does not shy away from the big issues he doesn't let up on what's going wrong and what people are not taking seriously but he also won't miss an opportunity to encourage the church and to spur them on and to really encourage them to keep going and persevering. And, and I think that's such a beautiful glimpse at or testament to Jesus in the way that he loved them so much that he doesn't care if they're offended. <laughs> Yeah, so I think I think that's one of the reasons I love 1 Timothy so much is for his rebuke and his encouragement. Makes me want to go read 1 Timothy tonight. Yeah. <laughs> I think I might just do that. Thank you for sharing some of your heart. It's just really encouraging, so thank you. <laughs> no worries, We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of The Lydia Project. We would love you to share this episode with others, whether that be by word of mouth, social media, or leaving a review on iTunes. You can find us on most platforms using the handle at TLPCWCW. Music is Wholesome 7 by Dave Depper, and voiceover is by me, Jennifer Mary. 